0: and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Welcome to everyone again to another episode of Inflow with Soul. Today I have Dr. Becca Keys as my guest. Dr. Becca Keys is a certified neuroemotional technique practitioner and chiropractor. She was led to chiropractic when it was explained to her that the human body had a knowledge And all it needs to be healthy is to not have interference. This aligned with her calling to help others live healthy and happy lives without the needs for drugs or surgery. Becca, thank you so much for setting aside time for us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to dig into learning more about what this special um, technique is that you use. So we'll definitely get to that in the in the conversation today, but I always like to start with knowing your story. So tell me a little bit about your story about becoming a chiropractor.
1: Sure. So um, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to help people, and I was really interested in knowing if something happened, like if a, if a friend of mine like fell down and hurt their ankle, I wanted to know exactly what was wrong and fix it as soon as possible. So that kind of led me into wanting to become a doctor, um, but I didn't know what kind. So I was being open-minded. And then in high school, I was um, in a class where we had a chiropractor come speak and just explain how the brain and the body connected and how the brain controls everything in the body. And if there's any interference to that messaging, then systems in the body just won't work. And it was so obvious and it was so natural, Mm -hmm. which I didn't, it wasn't, I mean, I wanted to go to medical school and I was interested in anything that I could, you know, experience in medical school. Um, but when I heard this chiropractor speak, it felt so in line with how, I see life and nature and humans and health. And so um, after that moment, I was like, all right, I'm going to chiropractic school. In, in
0: high school, you made that decision.
1: Yeah, I was a senior. So sure. um, I was towards the end of high school. And then, yeah, so I went to Michigan State after that for um, my degree in kinesiology. And then after that degree, I went to chiropractic school.
0: So tell me, just so we can get to know you a little bit more. It sounds like this conversation or the information that this chiropractor shared with you, as you say, just it aligned with who you were. How did you really know who you were or what did you know of who you were at that time?
1: So I played a lot of sports when I was a kid. So I, one of the things, one of like my habits, I suppose, that I recognized was that anytime I had a headache. I recognized that I was either dehydrated or I needed to sleep because I wasn't sleeping a lot. I was playing a lot of sports, I was taking classes and studying and everything. And um, my mom would often say, "You know, want to take an ibuprofen?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, "I don't think I'll just go take a nap instead." And I just felt uh, like resistant to, to medicine okay. because I knew that there was like a, an underlying cause, right. and I wanted to help myself heal by identifying what that cause was. So that was just a habit I had recognized. And then once I was listening to this chiropractor and kind of diving more into the world of chiropractic and um, I realized how great the body is at healing, it just needs everything else to get out of its way. So, um, yeah, I was just noticing little like habits or mindsets that I had that I wasn't aware that I had. And
0: do you remember like, who inspired you to think this way? Now, maybe it was partly your mom, but your mom's also saying, here, take some ibuprofen, right? <laughs> yeah. So where did you get this idea, right, that the body and the mind have this capacity to heal itself?
1: Um, That's a really good question. I'm not quite sure where it came from. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my parents are really... Interested in natural healing too. And okay. But ibuprofen is just such a common thing that people take for anything. So, um, but I just felt some kind of resistance to it. It wasn't like I felt bad when I took it. I was just mm-hmm. like, no, I think I just need some water and a nap maybe. I'll just try that. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like an innate resistance to wanting to take it, I guess. Right.
0: Well, and also in an intuitive awareness, again, of that connection between your body, the symptoms and, oh. and, and a belief in your body to be able to recover from whatever was was harming it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, so you you get your degree in kinesiology and you go to chiropractic school. How does this begin to develop then for you?
1: So, um, I'll be honest. I didn't know much about chiropractic. Um, it wasn't like I had been going my whole life. Um, I didn't really consider it as anything until I heard that chiropractor when I was in high school. Um, So I just continued to learn more about the body and the way it moves and the way our systems work in my undergrad education. And then when I got to chiropractic school, it was like a whole new world. I was like, oh, I thought chiropractic was, you know, adjusting the spine to Mm -hmm. relieve the nerves of any system interference or pressure. And then it was like, well, that's like this much of this much and i'm like oh okay there's a lot more to it so um i was just excited to learn whatever i could i took any seminar that was available um and then when um so it was my second quarter so i was only there for 4 months um i took this free seminar because why not i'm a student right. i'll go to anything that's free and um that was the first seminar i went to for the neuroemotional technique And it was like something I had that felt very new to me. The idea that our emotions can create physical symptoms in our body and block us from being healthy and feeling good. Um, I just thought it was something that we felt. And then maybe some people are more likely to feel one type of emotion, and that's just the way we are. Mm -hmm. And um, from this seminar, I learned that our experiences, if they go unprocessed, they get stuck in our bodies, like physically stuck, and it creates. Um, disease and dysfunction and behaviors that we don't want. And I was like, just mind blown. And I was like, I need yeah. to learn more about this. So I just continued to learn about it. And um, it kind of, it probably from that moment when, and that first seminar, it just changed the course of my chiropractic education and the way I wanted to help the world. Because once I got out of school, I realized like, yeah, there are a lot of chiropractors but not a lot of them addressed this aspect of it. And I was just so fascinated, amazed by it, that I had to learn as much as I could. So, um, so that's kind of how I took off into the emotional direction once I went to school. Now, did you find um, a, a
0: network of, of people who also bought into this idea that the connection between the emotions in our bodies while you were still in school, either peers or instructors or, or maybe even outside of school?
1: Yeah. So um, I had a pretty close knit group of friends that were in my classes and we happened to go to this seminar together. Okay. Um, and so we supported each other through that. We went to all the seminars that came to school. We traveled for a few. We would work on each other and practice this all the time. Um, my school was really great in that they had clubs to learn different techniques. So once a week oh. you could go for an hour and learn a different way to adjust or a different way to assess somebody or learn how to do NET. So we started going to um, that the NET club and there was a, a small group of older students that were kind of like that had introduced the club to school. So we would learn from them. And then once they left school, um, my group of friends kind of took over leading it. So then sure. we would teach and Um, we would walk through the techniques with all the other students who wanted to learn and we would work on each other and work on our classmates. And so, yeah, we were pretty um, involved with this technique at campus. And we would have other people who we didn't really know to say, Hey, Mm -hmm. my friend said you do this. Can you help me? I have a big test coming up and I'm pretty nervous about it. It's like, yeah, let's do it. So um, that was really nice to have like this group of people who we could practice with, or who I could practice with, and learn from, and get better at this technique with. So yeah, it was was really cool. Good. So you found a social
0: network around these these ideas. And you'd mentioned a few minutes ago that this technique and and being aware of or being exposed to this technique kind of uh, definitely set how you were receiving the rest of your instruction in chiropractic school. Did you notice any difference between how you were developing as a chiropractor student um, versus your peers who may not have used uh, this technique or another technique?
1: So um, one concept that I found really interesting that was introduced to me through school somehow um, was that people's bodies tend to show you as a practitioner what you're capable of helping them with. So I tended to notice a lot of different emotional aspects to people's health um, and other classmates who maybe did a different technique would focus on just upper cervical. So there's a whole technique where they only adjust like this upper bone in your neck. And so they might notice um, clues to, oh, something's off up here. So it was just, I guess, a different way, different lenses of seeing the world. Um, That's kind of how it differed. And I think You know, I'm not one to say like NET is the end all be all technique for everybody. Like, I don't believe that's true. But I can definitely pick up on clues in people and their symptoms and behaviors that might say so. And other specialists might notice their specialty and what people are presenting.
0: So you mentioned uh, again a minute ago about a peer. I, I'm assuming who was who came to your club saying, "Hey, I've got this test coming up. Can you help me with that? How does this technique work on anxiety for a test?
1: So there's a couple different ways to begin the technique. There's the body entry way and mind entry way. So body entry is if somebody has a physical symptom, a pain, um, like movement dysfunction if they're like oh this arm can go like this but this arm only goes halfway um, when we can see something physical or they can feel something physical that's body entry mind okay. entry is how we address more of like the behaviors or the anxious thoughts or subjects that are maybe on the timeline that people are nervous about and how we do that is we phrase it in what we call an I'm okay statement because, the idea with this technique is to be neutral with our emotional events so that way okay. they don't create um, reactions. We don't want okay. any emotional reactions that we don't want. So, by being neutral, we can still experience the event without having an emotional reaction. So, um, what we do is we use manual muscle testing as a reflex to see how their neurological sy- systems, um, responding. And then we could have someone say, so this student, I would have them say, I'm okay. Taking this test. I'm okay. Passing the test. I'm okay. Even if I fail the test. And so what we want to do is see if their body is congruent with what mm-hmm. they're saying. Mm-hmm. And if there's an incongruency or we would see that in the form of a weak muscle test, then we can begin the technique with that. So hmm. maybe, um, Maybe a student's like, okay, I'm really nervous about this test. It's like, okay, so say I'm okay taking this test, and they are okay with it. Their arm is strong. They're congruent. Okay, we'll say I'm okay, um, even if I failed the test. And then we get a weak muscle. It's like, okay, you're okay taking it. You're just not okay failing it. Mm -hmm. Or if they're okay failing it, but they're not okay succeeding. You know, that's another aspect of it. And so we want to make sure that we can um, get every angle of whatever the topic is, so that way we're not. Missing what the root of the emotional stress response is.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you're working with this peer or this student, right? Who's got this test anxiety? You're doing the muscle testing.
1: Mm-hmm. What else happens? Describe this for me. So um, so we check to make sure that their muscle is responding the way we want to. This like reflex, the manual muscle testing. Once we have that, let's say that statement that their arm weakened to was i'm okay taking this test so when their arm tests weak then we want to figure out what the emotion is that's related to this um this event that's coming so um the net uses acupuncture points which is based in traditional chinese medicine and there are um, points on the wrist and points on the body that respond to the different meridians or pathways in the body. And okay. every pathway has an associated group of emotions with it. So once we find the active meridian, mm-hmm. so let's say it was the water meridian, which is the kidney and bladder organs. And that doesn't mean that it's the organs are affected, but that's okay. what the meridians are called. Sure. Um, then we want to check, okay, what is the emotion that's in this meridian? So we say concept phrases. So let's check the concept of fear. And then we mm-hmm. muscle test if their arm is strong. Okay. It's not fear. Let's check the concept of dread. And then whatever word that their arm weakens to, that's the associated emotion. Okay. Once we have the emotion and the subjects so of the test, mm-hmm. and let's say it was dread, put them together. I would ask like, you know, how do you experience dread surrounding this test? And they might be like, I'm dreading failing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they can process that dread so that it doesn't keep coming up or keep getting triggered every time they take a test or every time they think about taking a test. Because the trick with emotions are if we don't feel them and don't express them, then they stay with us. And then they show up in other ways. And the only way to get rid of an emotion that you don't want is to let yourself to feel it. So this technique um, gives every person the opportunity to process that emotion and it happens usually pretty quickly within just a minute or so and then they feel a lot better so um after that we just recheck i'm okay taking this test and if every muscle test is strong then we're good to go okay so
0: this is this is big stuff (laughs) i let's repeat this message about processing emotions and if we don't process emotions because i think that um, there's this collective idea, like, I don't know how. None, most of us have never been taught how to process emotions. In fact, most of us have been taught things like, you know, rub some dirt on it. Big girls don't cry. There's no crying in baseball. You know, a lot of our cultural messages are all about suppressing emotions. Yeah. Um, so ta- just repeat that message again about the connection between emotions and and processing them. Yeah,
1: so emotions are the way that we experience and understand our world around us. And what how they're supposed to work is we experience an event, we understand the emotions that we're feeling, whether it made us happy or sad or scared or angry or whatever. And then we let that emotion go. We still have the memory of the event, but we're not feeling the same way every time we think about that event. Mm-hmm. But if something happens where either it feels unsafe to experience emotion. So maybe um, people who weren't taught how to experience it, people who weren't taught crying is okay, or Mm -hmm. you know, everything that you said before, um, then that emotion gets stuck because they feel like it's too unsafe to feel it, like they're not supposed to feel it or they're not allowed to. And then it just stays in them. Um, And um, emotions are a form of energy that Mm -hmm. has to come out. And so if it doesn't come out the way it's designed to whether um, either through breathing or crying or laughing or sweating or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, then it's going to come out in a way that we don't want, like in pain or dysfunction or something. So um, one of the things I tell all my patients is that you have to feel it to heal it. It's like that's the only way. Yeah. That is a great slogan, mm-hmm.
0: cool. way to remember it. And again, to give all of us who may not have come uh, up with those permissions to to experience our emotions, got to feel it to heal it, it gives us permission. In fact, it's all, it's a command. That statement itself feels like a command to me. Yeah, I um, guess it is. <laughs> Yeah, right? So not only do I have permission, but I'm being commanded to feel this so that I heal this. Um, so again, I think part of uh, what is fearful, and, and I've been through some of this learning my myself in different modalities. But I love that these same messages are coming up in different modalities. Um but so going back to my own experience as I was releasing some of these emotions, there was a a belief that I had that this emotion is too big to be expressed. Like if I even begin to open the door to the the these emotions that I've locked up. I'm going to be overwhelmed and overrun by this energy, and I'll never recover. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been in working with your patients in regarding that?
1: That's a really good question. Um, So the first thing is giving people the space and the time and the permission to feel it, I think, takes a lot of that stress off their shoulders, where if they know, okay, I'm going to be here for the next half an hour, and let me just get this work done, then that helps ease into experiencing these emotions. Okay. One thing, and this isn't true every time, but one way I like to describe feeling these emotions that we're afraid to feel is like taking the mask off the monster. So like in Scooby-Doo, and they're running the whole episode trying to get away from this monster. And then they find, they catch him and they take the mask off and it's just another person. And it's not scary. Yeah. So- um, I think a lot of the buildup is just more being afraid to feel it. But once you're feeling it, it gets easier and easier and easier just in seconds. It like it's it's easier. Um, yeah. and with the processing that we do with this technique, you're holding, like physically touching the spots, like the point, the meridian that showed up, and then the emotional reflexive points which are on the forehead. And so by holding these points, it's giving your body um like. A physical connection to the emotion, instead of it just building as maybe fear or some kind sure. of anxiety, just feeling it in your mind, and so I think that helps too. Just having something to focus on. Wow,
0: this is really powerful. So what you're saying is, um, whether I'm experiencing stress through emotions or or thoughts. Or I'm experiencing physical symptoms now because it's gotten to that point where it's it's we- physically wearing out my body. You're able to with this technique create that space and give that permission um, and give them the the you know the cues about how to uh, to do this efficiently to let that emotional energy go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then as that emotional energy leaves, what, what fills right. There's a vac. Is there a vacuum now? What fills that up again?
1: Um, I, I wouldn't consider it a vacuum. It's more of just like a sense of peace. So when somebody is processing, sometimes people will cry and I like to use that feeling as an example, even if someone's not crying and they don't even look like to me, like they're feeling that emotional about it, which crying is not the only way to release emotions. It's not required. Um, we just have this, um, like sense of when we're done crying. So like when Mm -hmm. you're done crying, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's anything missing. It's just a sense of relief. So I tell people when they're processing to look for that sense of relief or that peace. And that's usually is what's waiting. And then it's just part of it, I think is getting rid of that emotion that's been trapped in there for who knows how long. And the other sense of relief is just from not feeling afraid to open that can of worms because it's done it's passed and I feel better and I'm still here I'm still right alive and well so um yeah it's more yeah I guess feeling with a sense of just peace and calm yeah and then we're able
0: to move forward almost as a new person right? Because now our identity can shift. I'm no longer this person who's wound up with all of these emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm this new person now that's free of the, this emotional baggage, let's say. Yeah. Um, and so now we, it, although there is that sense of completion, I like how you use that word, but then there's also an opportunity now. There's an openness for the good stuff, right? Everything that we've been kind of hiding because of Trying to pr- to avoid those emotions, we've been trying to avoid those emotions, and and I, I believe that we can't just um, select the certain emotions that we don't want to feel. I think if we're shutting down our emotions, we tend to shut down all of them, and so we don't feel even the good stuff as vividly as we could if we were free of this other emotional baggage.
1: Yeah, like absolutely spot on. Um, there's a lot of ways that we tend to numb ourselves and by yeah. not feeling the bad that creates a numbing sense. And so once people experience that, then they start to look for ways where they can feel and it's not feeling the way it's not, it's avoiding feeling what they don't want to feel. They're trying to feel something else. And yeah. sometimes, you know, maybe habits that they don't want conform from that. And so by allowing yeah. yourself to process these old emotions your body is feeling whole again It is feeling more good too, because yeah. by being afraid to feel you're also preventing yourself feeling those good feelings too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So can, do you have another story for us, uh, a client story of, of transformation that you've seen with this technique?
1: Yeah. Um, I have, quite a few. (laughs) Um, So one that's been more recent is um, I had um, someone come in who was feeling um, very blocked from what she is normally very free to do. So she's a musician and she felt like she wasn't able to play music. She was like, I can see my piano sitting over there and I just don't even want to look at it. But piano is how she expresses her emotion. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, it's also part of her job is to play music and to connect with other musicians. And so she felt so blocked from doing that and just didn't know why. Yeah. And, um, what's interesting is that she wasn't even really aware of that until she came in because she came in for a different reason. And I was asking her like, well, what are your goals? And she was like, well, my goal is to get back to my music. And she hadn't even mentioned it before that moment.
0: yeah
1: And so I was like, well, what does that mean to you? And she's like, well, I'm a singer and I play the piano and I just can't do that. So we did one session of NET. So no more than 30 minutes. And um, things came up that she, even in the session she was like oh I think it's this thing from when she was like I don't know maybe 35 and it's like Okay. okay sure so we do the technique and we find out that it's from something that happened even earlier that she wasn't even aware of how it was affecting her and so once she processed that out she wasn't expecting to cry while she was breathing through it she just started like letting it out through crying and then she came in the next week and she's like oh my gosh, I've been singing nonstop. I'm singing outside on the streets. I'm singing all over. And I just like, I feel like I'm myself again. And I just didn't know how badly I needed this. And it was from one session that that she got this back. And so wow. that feels really special to be able to help people get themselves back.
0: Yes. Yeah, that is a powerful statement. I've, yeah. I, I'm... I've got myself back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, wow. that, that's really, yeah, that's really cool. And I have a lot of other um, examples of people experiencing um, like a neck pain or shoulder pain or knee pain or something that's just mm-hmm. like, I've had this for years, it won't go away. And oftentimes when people say, I've had this for years, it's, sort of implies that they don't think it's ever going to go away or I've already tried everything in all of those years and it hasn't gone away. So I'm just, this is my life now. And Mm -hmm. once we find that there's um, an associated emotion and we clear that emotion out, oftentimes it feels better like immediately. And so I've had people say like, what was that? What, what just happened? Like the pain is completely gone. Like it was like an eight out of 10. And now I don't even feel anything just in like five minutes, it can go away. So. And it doesn't, does it come back? Let me put it that way. So, short answer is no. Longer okay. answer is if there are other layers to that event, then sometimes it's, it might go away and then come back. But once mm-hmm. you get all of it, then it won't come back. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's really powerful, Becca. It's,
1: yeah, it's an amazing technique.
0: So when, you, so let's go back to you now as, a, as an entrepreneur. You, you have this amazing um, tool to be able to help people get back to themselves. You're out of school. What do you decide to do at that point? Are you going into business for yourself? Are you going to work for someone else? What, what does that path look like for you? So,
1: um, so when I was in school, um, I was, dating somebody and I want, we were dating long distance. And so when I left school, I wanted to live closer to him. So that's what brought me to Chicago. Um, and we got married last year. So it was, Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so what I really wasn't expecting while I was in school, um, was moving to a totally new big city that I hadn't really spent any time in before. So, um, I initially started looking for offices to work at as an associate and help them adjust their patients, bring in new patients, um, spread the word in the community. But every time I would interview, I would let them know like, Hey, I do this technique. It's really cool. It's really important to me. And it helps a lot of people. And it's not the most well-known technique, even in the chiropractic profession. So a lot of the times um, the doctors I was interviewing with were like, okay, yeah, maybe we can talk about it. But it wasn't in line with what they were doing. And it was just so new that it wasn't easy to find a place where I felt like I was meant to be. So a few times um, I tried opening my own business and then it just, I I mean, I was new to business completely. So I was it was like the business aspect of it. I was struggling with not the Mm -hmm. treatment part of it because I knew that. So, um, yeah, it was not easy going into business for myself. Um, so then I might find someone else to work with for a little bit and then, you know, that ended and then I would try again. And so there's been a few start and stops, um, in my own Uh entrepreneur journey, but I am now at an office where I am my own boss and practicing the way I want to and bringing what I can to people in the way that I believe that they need it. And yeah, yeah, so it's been a few years since I've been Mm -hmm. here um, Mm -hmm. for sure, but I'm now at a spot where I feel like I'm meant to be. I love that. So let's learn from your start and
0: stop experiences. If you look back on those experiences now, what,
1: um, What would you say that you learned from that? Um, So a few big lessons was like initially I didn't have a community of help or people Mm -hmm. who were going through the same thing. Like I said, I was in chiropractic school, which from day one, they tell us you are in a bubble and you won't always be in this bubble. And I knew that and it still wasn't any less shocking moving to Chicago where I didn't really know anybody. I didn't know any chiropractors. All my friends were spread out all over the U.S. And I'm like, I miss my bubble of people like this is so new and so different. So not having a community of people where I could that I saw every day or that I could get help with or I could get my own treatment from. I was feeling stressed about something that was really difficult. Um, Another. Um really difficult aspect was, as I was interviewing and working for people who didn't understand NET, mm-hmm. part of me started to question my skills a little bit because I was yeah. wondering like, if this is as good as I've seen it, why aren't more people interested mm-hmm. in it? Mm-hmm. So feeling really unclear about the message I was sending out to other people, made it really hard to grow in business too. So once I felt really clear and confident about what I was offering to people and how it can help them, that is one of the major shifts that I experienced.
0: That is a big shift, isn't it? Who you serve and what problems you help them solve and what benefits that you bring them. Yeah. So what was there anything about that experience um, of getting clarity on who you are and what you do um, that's that stands out to you now that might be useful for other entrepreneurs who are still at that stage? And 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 just for the record, I wanna say that I think that this conversation with ourselves as business owners is something that we have on an ongoing process. Who am I now? Who do I want to serve? What problems can I help them solve? Um, because as we evolve in our, in our practices, the problems that we solve might, might evolve. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in this first, uh, iteration though, with that, that you're talking about, what helped you get clarity on those questions? Um, so one of
1: the, first things that was really helpful was joining a coaching group and being mm-hmm. part of this community where I could, that helped build me up, I suppose. Like anytime I felt like I had doubts, I had people there to build me up and to say, you know, get out of your head and that's not true. And this is what it is and don't worry about it. So that helped a lot. Um, one thing, one aspect of business that I was taught but I still struggle with a little bit is finding a niche. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to pick like A community of people as a niche, but finding a niche within chiropractic as using NET as a treatment and like fine tuning that and simplifying that to make it easier to understand that helped a lot because then I was able, instead of trying to fix everybody's, like all of everybody's problems, which is like too much, I was able to say, you know what? This is what I'm really good at. This is what I understand this part of it. And Mm -hmm. I'll do what I can to help you. And if I'll refer out if it's something that I can't help with. But really just simplifying how I help was really impactful. Okay. Yeah. And it also sounds like for you,
0: it was um, not necessarily thinking about the who, but more of the what. What is that problem that you have helped people solve with this particular technique? Is that true?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Has that evolved for you further or is that where you're at with your your niche and, and your marketing brand, I guess?
1: I would say it hasn't evolved too much once I felt pretty confident about it. Um, I just am enjoying being in business and feeling more confident about what I'm offering and how I can help. Um, but I, I was very aware of how NET specifically is really difficult to explain, like how mm-hmm. it works and what it looks like, because people will have pictures in their head of like, oh, is it like acupuncture or is it mm-hmm. therapy? Because you're talking about emotions and like, but you're a chiropractor, and I was like, okay, how do I how do I <laughs> answer all right. these questions? So, um, so being yeah, just being really clear on. Um, how it helps people. So the phrase that I that was helpful for me to come up with was just I help people get emotionally unstuck. Okay. Like that's as simple as I can explain. It. If you're mm-hmm. feeling stuck, I mm-hmm. can help with that. And that can mean a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, it was just something that felt stuck. Like I felt stuck with this with these headaches, I can't I've tried everything, they won't go away. I feel stuck on how to, what else can I do? Okay, well let's see if there's if this is part of it or you know, I want to open my own business, but I feel stuck on like where to even begin. It's like, okay, well, let's just get past this first feeling of being stuck and see. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ways that you can present feeling stuck. But mm-hmm. at, yeah, the the bottom line is like, that's the problem, you're stuck. Yeah. And let's see what emotions are blocking you from feeling the way that you want to feel. Did you find that you used um, the NET uh
0: strategies to help you through these these challenges oh my gosh yeah
1: like it's (sighs) probably been the best tool that I've been able to use and um I got I got really used to it um being in school and having my friends work on me like I we probably were working on each other multiple times a week because Mm -hmm. we just got into the habit of like Oh, like this is coming up, or I feel like this, or I just don't feel good. Can you check me? That was something. It's like, can you just check me? Can you just make sure that like it's not something else, or you know, if it's something that we can solve right now. And um, so, moving away from that support group and those people that can work on me, I had to get really clear on like what can I get help with because if I can find somebody to work with me, I want it to be as Specific as possible. Right. And so um, I still I would find people nearby who would work on me anytime I would visit with my friends. I would say, mm-hmm. All right, let's work on each other. Like, <laughs> right, I need some right, stuff. Right. I've been carrying this stuff and I'm tired of it. <sighs> I want to let it go. Um, but another way that it's really helped is that it's kind of trained me to become more aware of how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling mm-hmm. instead of just feeling uncontrolled by that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I'm not sure I mentioned earlier, but our emotions kind of live in the subconscious mind, which Mm -hmm. some people consider as the body. And we live in our moment to moment thoughts in our conscious mind. And so where we find people get stuck is when the subconscious and the conscious mind don't agree with each other. And so this technique helps bridge that gap and create congruency between those minds. But just finding myself to be more consciously aware of how I was feeling subconsciously can help me process these things on my own, even without the technique. So that way, when I have the opportunity to do it, then I can work on those areas that feel more stuck than the parts that I can kind of manage on my
0: own right and and it is uh, it's great to have these tools and strategies that we can use for ourselves but i also think and i think you just alluded to this that there is there's value in having that release i witnessed and i don't know if that makes sense to you or not but i think it partly is again somebody can create that safe space mm-hmm. where um we know that So if I, if I'm with you, for instance, right, I know that. You are going to create this safe space for me, so now I don't have to monitor myself or my emotional uh, response, whatever's going to come up, right? I don't have to monitor that because I know you're going to have my back. I know you're going to keep me safe. So yeah. it gives me permission to really fully experience these emotions um, in a very non-judgmental way. It's an observation. This is what's happening, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, it's creating that safe space so that the client, in this case, me, right, would be able to just fully release all of those emotions without feeling like I had to contain it in some way to make sure I didn't hurt myself or someone else or property or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, it's like allowing as the patient, allowing someone to kind of carry you through that so that you don't yes. feel like you have to guide yourself. Um, I think that's a huge part of it. And also feeling the muscle testing. Anytime I do a muscle test in someone for the first time, they all are just like, Whoa, like what, what is that? Because it feels so weird to not be able to like hold your arm out in front of you. And i don't press hard. It's not like it's an arm wrestling competition. It's a light pressure, And they're like, I just can't hold my arm up. So having that confirmation of, Mm -hmm. yeah, like it's, it validates what you're feeling. And it also clarifies what you're feeling as well. And so having both of those truths there make it a lot easier to process. And so there's been times either with myself or that I've seen in other people where um, I'll speak for myself, like, I'm like, oh, this thing is really bothering me. And I don't know if it's like a stock emotion or what, or do I need any tea? So that's when I would go to my friends and I'm like, Hey, can you check me on this? And so we might check like a few different aspects of it. And if I'm just strong on all of it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm okay with it. And then I just kind of move on. Um, So um, as a more specific example, like back to the testing, um, or I have another example. Um, This is another example of someone I worked with once. I worked with a woman who was um, in her 60s and she had been in a really bad car accident on the highway And she was 19. She got hit by a semi and it rolled and it was really terrifying. Of course it would be. And um, ever since that moment, she had not been able to drive herself on the highway. Hmm. And it started to become an issue because she wanted to go visit people and like the easiest way to get there is on the highway. And so yeah. she just reached a point where she wasn't, willing to feel stuck with this anymore. So I worked with her. It was one session. We were able to go back to that event and she was 19 process those emotions that she felt during that event. And then like a few days later, she drove on the highway for the first time in like 40 something years. Oh my! And that was really amazing to be able to have her, have that part of her back and have that independence and freedom. But, um, using driving as an example, because that's something that happens a lot is people have scary experiences. Um, if someone feels stuck or unwilling to drive, but they want to, they just are too afraid to, I might have them say, I'm okay driving. And maybe that tests strong. Like they are okay driving. It's like, okay, I'm okay driving on the highway. Like, okay, let's see, maybe that's strong or weak, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it might be a certain aspect of it. So this person might be walking around feeling like I'm not okay driving. I'll, I'll never drive again. I just hate cars. And I mean, and it just kind of builds into this like whole story when yeah. the only thing that they're really afraid of is driving on the highway because they had a bad experience that got stuck. And so when they're able to process that experience, then everything, that whole story changes and then, you know, they yeah. feel freedom again and they feel like they can drive. So, Um, So having that muscle test to confirm, is it driving? Is it driving on the highway? Is it driving at night? Is it driving a specific Mm -hmm. car? You know, what is it about Mm -hmm. this aspect? Um, That muscle test is really crucial to getting to the root of the problem.
0: Wow. What a powerful gift to be able to give people back to themselves. Uh, Getting unstuck, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, That's really
1: beautiful, Becca. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's really rewarding and it's really humbling to be able to work with people. And, and one thing I like, I always tell people, cause I mean, I often get thank yous like, thank you so much for helping me through that. And I always want to remind people, like, I'm just facilitating this. Like you did yeah. all the work, you were open and willing and vulnerable to work through this and you trusted me to give you that space. So thank you for right. letting me help you with this. And I love
0: it that you acknowledge that as well, because it is—it's both, right? Um, I love the uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? And that we're going on this journey, and um, we need guides. We need guides who can help us in this case to process those emotions that are holding us back. Um, so we need people like you to be our guides, and we ourselves need to be willing to let go of that stuckness. Um, you yeah. know, it has kept us safe up until this moment. Yeah, and and that's the, I, I think that's the big decision is am I willing to believe and, and function safely without having this rule of I can't drive on the highway? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, completely agree. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. but what's what I really want to do is make sure that people know how to get a hold of you. So, how can people find you?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So, my Instagram handle is Dr. Becca Keys, just D R B E C C A K E Y E S. Um, my email is the exact same, Dr. Becca Keys at gmail.com, if someone wanted to reach out. And my website is also drbeccakeys.com. So, it's all the same. Um, I'm pretty awesome. active on, on social media. And if people want to reach out, I'll respond back to
0: wonderful so listeners connect with becca if you want to learn more about this neuro um neuro emotive technique is that right neuro emotional technique emotional technique and um what it can do for you to give you back to yourself becca thank you again so much for sharing your gift with us i really do appreciate you yeah thank you so much for having me hi this is mary thank you so much for listening to this episode I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.